Things change from one generation to the next. Attitudes, politics, technology, even lifestyles. But when it comes to business, there's one thing every generation has in common. The pursuit of excellence. Welcome to Generation Excellence. A conversation with next-gen leaders of family businesses who are working to preserve the past and innovate the future. And now, here's the host of Generation Excellence and a third-generation business owner himself, Jamie Michelson. Jamie? Back in 1955, Sportview Television Corporation pioneered the concept of video broadcast for racecourse facilities throughout North America. In 2011, they rebranded as SVT to better reflect the range of products and services and electronic system integrations they provided to casinos, concert and event centers, offices, hospitality, retail, education, healthcare, and financial corporations. Odds are, if you're at a major facility, SVT plays a role in making the audio, video, and IT systems go. I sat down with Josh Shanahan, the president and CEO and third-generation leader of SVT at their Brighton, Michigan headquarters to talk about information and communication technology applications in business today. Fire up your Harman speakers and welcome today's guest on Generation Excellence, Josh Shanahan. The funny thing is, is I don't know, you know, there were, there were six um, second-generation owners that were in the business at one capacity or another, and I think they all tell the founding story a little bit different than my grandfather had told it, but it has been quite a few years now since I've actually heard that story. But, um, you know, from from what I understand, we've, we've really come from a family of entrepreneurs. My great-grandfather um, was a entrepreneur in the automotive industry, of course, you know, Detroit born and bred. Uh, that's been my family heritage. Um, uh, and my, my grandfather, the founder of this business, uh, again, was brought up in a Detroit born and bred household, went to U of D back in the day and, um, you know, uh, expanded himself, uh, you know, spread his wings in, in the entrepreneurial world doing uh, motion picture production. And from there, started producing films for the automotive industry, perhaps maybe even some of the stuff that you would do today. Um, but uh, he was making training videos um maybe short clips of vehicles um, going around a horse track at a place called drc uh detroit race course which no longer exists it's a, a strip mall it, now yeah. <laughs> unfortunately oh no kidding that's cool so um grandpa was out there and uh he was he was filming these vehicles and got to know the general manager of the facility at the time and uh, they got to talking about how you know the the stewards or the judges could possibly use uh, film to ev- help them evaluate the races because otherwise it was just based on what they had seen between the three or four of the stewards that were up in the in the crow's nest at the time and they had no way to rewind what they saw uh, to play it over and over again to really understand if there's an objection or if there was an infraction so uh, my grandpa said, well, you know, we could we could film these horses. We can actually then um, slide the film down a tightrope or line back to the clubhouse uh, and then de- rapidly develop that film so that the judges could use it for evaluation purposes. And therein started Sport View, 
at the time. And, and we were really called Sport View Video Patrol or Video Production at one point, or uh, production, not even video, I'm sorry, um, to the extent that uh, they, they paid for us to come there on a daily basis when they were operating and, and film the horse races. Um, from there, it, it evolved into video, um, and then um, we say we are the pioneer of the technology in, as it's used in those facilities, and it proliferated across the United States. Fascinating. All, all from here in Detroit. So we're, we're sitting here kind of recording your history and your company's origins. You actually recorded history. Um, photo finishes and all that kind of. We did. I mean, I knew enough to be dangerous. Yes, that. yes. So your company, had, it, it, the the organization has been through, like any other organization. That's what year exactly are you all celebrating in business? Oh, we're probably what uh, you know. I'd have to about sixty fifth year. Okay. So we're we're well into our sixth decade. So six decades. And there have been ups and downs, right? And, oh, yes. And, uh, ups, downs, and near misses. And some near misses. <laughs> and, and, and so what, I mean, I mean, you know, we'll, talk on, we'll touch on some of the, the high points and exciting things that are happening now and in the future. But, but talk about, you know, some of uh, what you and this organization have had to go through to be here and be healthy and, and sort of thriving today. Well, you know, and this is probably typical for many family businesses, but you, you know, I think the family gets kind of fat and happy um, living from, you know, the entrepreneur. So the second generation, first generation, that was the entrepreneur. Grandpa was the entrepreneur. Second generation was let's work hard. Let's continue along the path that the entrepreneur set for us. Let's do it very well but perhaps not look beyond that because it's always served our family well. Okay. And and because of that, I think there were some blinders on, no pun intended in mm -hmm. the horse racing industry, but um, there were some blinders in terms of kind of where the industry was headed. And if you recall back in the, you know, the 80s, uh, late 80s, early 90s, the proliferation of racing around the country was, it was very vast. It was basically the only game in town between Las Vegas and Atlantic City, right? So if you wanted to gamble, you had to gamble on a horse or a dog. Or unless you went to Atlantic City or Vegas, there was no lottery. Right. Well, mid-90s, late-90s, the lottery started to proliferate. In the different states, okay. Different states. Uh, then there was... Um, expansion of gaming. Expansion of, of gaming of all sorts, uh, starting in Iowa, um, where they coupled the paramutual product, or the racing product, with a casino product, um, and the, the demand. The first racino was Iowa. The first racino was in Iowa, uh, and we were there, uh, not only servicing the racing side, the paramutual side of the business, but also the casino side. Um, so we, you know, we with those blinders on, we didn't really take as much. We didn't account for as much of the attrition as we probably should have. Um, and we were kind of living, you know, high on the hog, as, as I had said or alluded to earlier. And um, so, therefore, revenue started to stagnate. And, of course, the cost of doing business has never gone down, at least right. not in my career, and I'm certain not in yours, uh, or maybe the history of our family businesses. But um, yeah, so with that, profits um, were declining and flatlined, and then it became somewhat uh, of a problem. Well, um, 
the good thing is, is that was opportunity for me. Um, maybe some young blood. I'd like to say maybe I have got some of my grandfather's entrepreneurialism um, and being, you know, maybe the, the second uh, outside salesperson the company's ever had. Um, and I had um, some aspirations after working outside of the family business to start my own company and the family had asked me to return and um, um, in, in the spirit of expanding outside of what, what where was we're that at. you were doing outside of the family uh, tech technology companies okay. so I worked for SBC datacom for for a while I worked for um, a division of Siemens uh, for a little while so truly Do, relevant experience for this business and where it's where you've taken it. absolutely absolutely in matter of fact if anyone was to ask me from a family business perspective what one of the most valuable experiences you've ever received uh, has been it is working outside of the business. Yeah. Um, an incredible experience. I would recommend that to anyone. Um, so we we set uh, down the path of expanding the business. I came back, um, and it was very tough. It was tough. Uh, that was probably one of the toughest times um, for the the owners at that time, and probably one of the 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 more challenging times for the business because we needed to um, we needed to transform. From a family, closely held family business where there were seven people in the office and several people out at our sites, but um, to a, to a larger, more enterprise-oriented company, and that meant um, process, it meant policy, it meant um, marketing material that we never had, it meant a different message on the the um, the voicemail, it meant voicemail. To be honest, we, we didn't have voicemail. It meant a network. It meant, you know, all kinds of things, different vendors. And um, to affect that change with guys that had been, you know, relatively successful um, running a business that their father started. And How old were you and when you entered, re-entered this family business with that other experience? Yeah, so I was uh, 28 or 29 okay. at that point. That was uh, 2002. So it was just right after 9-11. Mm, all right. And um, that was actually 9-11 was part of the catalyst of the growth because part of what we wanted to do is sell uh, video conferencing solutions. Ah. And it was a perfect time to start introducing those as people, people are a little less, a little reluctant to business travel. They're going to video conference and do some use technology for that purpose. That's right. And if you huh. also recall, it was, it was that wasn't the cause of the economic downturn, but the economic downturn was well in play and um, you know the dot-com bus yep. so people wanted to start to save money on travel and that was a means of which to do that so um, so that's what we did and we we grew the business was you know relatively small business it was you know maybe we we're doing you know I'll, I'll just say six and a half million or so at that time and we grew you know we were on Inc 500 uh, you know we were, we were just going crazy gangbusters and not without challenge, though, right? I mean, it was really challenging all the while. Um, and, how, and how many family members are involved in the business right now along with you? So right now, um, I'm a single owner, uh, but my dad still plays a role here. Great. And then my Uncle Tim as well. And Tim plays a daily role, and my dad is able to work remotely. And would they be mentors to you, or who, who kind of helps guide you and keep your head on straight and 
make you think about things in business? Yeah, certainly early on, um, they were mentors to me. When the business started to get more complex, um, I had to seek mentors okay. that were outside of the business. Um, so I do that through, you know, Vistage or through a Renaissance and executive, executive forums, peer groups, and peer groups exactly, um, and then some. Um, I'll call them purpose-built consultants as well and coaches. And you know, you walked me around. We walked around your facility here. You've got offices and operations and warehouse and technology setup. Is the, and there's materials on the wall. There's awards. There's posters. Is there? I mean, we're in the founders' room. Is there something going back to the the founders? Is there some some phrase, some quote, some picture that's got some you know that just there's a big there's a small or a big story behind here? There, I wouldn't. There's a picture. Uh, we do have a picture of my grandfather, okay. the founder, um, in our kind of our executive wing there. But um, there's not a real compelling story behind it. Uh, and I don't know if that's because it's a family business and everyone, no one wants any one story more powerful than theirs. That's true. I'm not sure. Uh, that could very well be. But um, you know, it's it, any favorite quote that guides you, whether from family or the early days or. Some phrase or no? No, I, I, you know we, we we did have some funny quotes like if if you can't modify it we don't buy it. You know we always try to modify, you know do things special with things here and that's what we do. We are an integrator, okay. you know custom solutions and so. Yeah, so people hear the phrase system integrators. For those who don't know exactly what that is, uh, explain that if you will a little bit. So basically, what we do is we take various manufacturers' components. And we integrate them or put them together into a system or a solution that. Um... <laughs> uh, for those listening, since we're not a video podcast, with all of the systems and technology, the Founders Conference Room we're in, the, the, the lights faded down. <laughs> it's a moody podcast today. And there we are. Sorry. With some darkness. Welcome back. So, nothing like. <laughs> Talking about system integration in your own systems has some hiccups. And our, my systems have hiccups. Um, so where were we at there, uh, Jamie? Defining system integration and kind yeah, of businesses so taking, you serve. And yeah, taking, taking various manufacturers' components, combining those together into a solution or integrating them into a solution to provide some functional output for our clients. Great. And so you're talking about sort of the company at 65 Let's play that game a little bit of what does this organization look like? What I mean, technology changes so fast, it does. and you're in like the, the catbird seat on that. But what is what are you thinking about for seventy? You know, you're seventy five at SVT. Yeah, I mean, it's video is becoming extremely prolific, right? Everywhere okay. you look, there's a video screen. There's something that has to drive that. There's typically an audio component behind it. Um, while video is becoming more simplistic, the audio piece is becoming far more, uh, it, it's not, it, it still remains a bit of a mystery because of acoustics, because of voltage and some other technical hmm. attributes to it, right? Um, but it's really where do you put the video, in what format, um, what controls it? Is it a certain, is there behavioral controls? Is there, you know, uh, situational control? What is the content, right? Part of your business is driving Creating content. content and what yes. is it? Okay. Um, you know, are we trying to drive certain behavior with content? Um, so I don't see in the next five years or so, you know, to get us to that 70-year mark, 
much of the demand changing. Where our biggest challenge is going to lie is in how much the end user actually is able to do on their own ah, versus what we are required. Needing someone who's a value-added provider and expert. Okay. That's right. So that all being said, we haven't limited ourselves to audio-video technologies, for example. Right. So we provide enterprise-level security solutions. We provide um, um, what, what we call... Um, emergency communication solutions or critical communication solutions, which include nurse call, for example, um, clinical nurse, uh, clinical workflow and mobility solutions. So we, we continue to diversify ourselves using basically the same principles of, uh, and, and technical expertise that's required for the other technologies that we service and provide. And just apply them out to different. Markets. So how do, how do you yourself keep up or on? Uh, I mean, for those listening, you were you know profile cover profile your you and your company on a, on your trade industry trade journal. But how do you keep kind of up to speed on what's coming, what's next, to determine what to diversify into? Yeah, you just network, visit trade shows. You really, from at my level at this stage, you know, we're looking for different business applications. Some of those applications may be driven um, from a regulatory perspective, okay. right? So law. So stuff that's required. Stuff right. that's required. And that's where some of our critical communication solutions come into play um, and security solutions. Um, you, you, you look at different, you know, for example, we talked earlier about the travel. You know, people want to save money on travel. How can we solve that problem with technology? Um, there, there are numerous different business demands out there that are constantly evolving that we can adapt to. Although the way people stomach travel is with video. Right. <laughs> watch it in the seat back. Watch it on your iPad. That's correct. So anything technology-wise that you're excited about or that you've seen at some trade show that's coming or that businesses should be paying attention to or that you're maybe going to be bringing next to your client customers? I don't know that there's anything overly exciting right now. I mean, the last and most exciting thing was HD. Yeah. Right? So now the images are just getting clearer, okay. um, larger. So we're seeing a lot more large So it's not format. just creating video. Now the video has to be in HD and played on in a format so you're viewing it in high definition. Right, okay. right. So we're doing a tremendous amount of large format for, you know, kind of the wow factor if it's an entertainment venue. Uh, information, um, or or maybe even a wow factor in non-entertainment venues such as a lobby or you know something like that at corporate headquarters. Um, but from a business perspective, um, I'm fairly excited about critical communications. So, um, college campuses, school campuses, large corporate environments where you know active shooter detection, um, weather. Anything like that. So unfortunately, these big organizations need you to have systems to deal with right. tough and nasty stuff. And Where there's an audible, there's a visual, um, there is a, a mobile component, so we may drive that same. So does that mean you, your people are working with, say, police and fire and homeland security and all those kinds of groups? A AHJs, right? So the AHJ is? Authority having jurisdiction. Okay. Yeah. So those are the folks that would New drive. New one for the, me. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So those those are the um, the AHJs would drive sort of that regulatory piece. Uh, for example, um, if you were you know um, 
uh, let's say a library, right? And an AHJ may require or adapt some regulation that says in a library or any place that's a public that is wow. a public facility that maybe houses more than 200 people or something at one time has to have a an emergency. These different kinds of systems. Sure. Okay. Uh, so so you know you're the you know what what all I mean one of the things that I know from being in the peer group with you is that you have um, acquired and integrated, to use that same word, some businesses into your business. Mm -hmm. And you're continuing to look to do that. So Correct. what have you what have you learned doing that more from the keeping the culture that is SVT at age 65 and since its founding like alive and well as you bring new people and new companies Cult in. culture genius is and i'm sure you find it in your business as well it is it trumps everything right it is the key um and you know when we look for acquisition targets the first thing of course is you know are the economics compelling okay once we once we agree that the economics are compelling it's it's all about culture regardless of how much how compelling the economics might be so you really have to do a good job of understanding, spending time, um, boots on the ground with the people. And and your this this an SVT. How besides family, how do you describe or capture the culture? What's your what's the what's the way you describe that to maybe an acquisition target or a prospective customer or a new employee or something? Yeah, I I, I always describe our culture as one that is cohesive. Okay, um, is self policing. Um, by the way, which uh, just means that if someone isn't acceptable in our culture, they are, you know, the, the culture itself will police them out, which is very neat to see and be a part of. Um, it's accountable. So we use data-driven behavior as one of our key elements in our culture. And um, it's, it's fun. Right. And fun isn't really easy to measure. Right. But you can tell. You can tell if another place has some fun in what they're doing. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or it's a place where fun goes to die or something. Right. Right. Uh, so let's let's talk about just, you know, all that's going on right now and and yourself and in, in business. And uh, what how, how how would you describe your leadership style and how would uh, you know people that work here to describe you as a, a leader at SVT? I think I think people would describe me as um, a leader that provides great autonomy and the tools to be successful. So I'm definitely not a micromanager by any Good. means. Um, I like to hire people that are very smart, that are very capable, uh, that have an entrepreneurial mindset, and that want to grow rapidly, um, both themselves as a person and a professional, but also nice. um, you know as a leader, genuine leader. And, and how, I mean, how do you, how, how, what are some things that you do here to help people grow personally and professionally? So I subscribe those folks to peer groups as well. Okay. Um, we have uh, a very, very regular cadence of huddles of uh, where, whereas we provide some value um, added input, uh, some best practices are shared uh, with the groups as a whole and as kind of micro groups as well. Uh, we have uh, speakers come in from time to time, so sessions, a large investment in training. Nice. And That's a learning culture. Anything come out of one of those huddles recently? Some, there's got to be some great story about some system that wasn't quite working or some really 
different kind of organization you're working with without naming names. Like, what's a recent a recent oh, story? I'm, or, I'm terrible at coming up with stories. Okay, like I mean, okay. some people are really good. I mean, it's something where where people had to be problem solvers or troubleshoot. I mean, something that went well, awry. We're problem solvers every day. every day, so. and, and we're usually the last. So what's what's one to the extreme a little bit? We'll come back. We'll come back to that. Come back to that. We'll come back. We'll come back to some troubles. So, all right, you're in a business. You got there's screens on the walls here measuring data. You're still a lot. You said videos core. So what? I mean, I'm assuming that when you have some downtime, free time, you're not just staring at another glowing rectangle. No. What else? So what else? What do you do to keep your balance between family and business and work and life and all that? Well, I'm an outside cat. Okay. So I, I like. I like to be outside, so you know the water is, is a great place to be. Uh, we live in Michigan, so I take advantage of the the snow with my family, and also, um, you know, with snow. I'm an avid snowmobiler. Um, I, I do like to read from time to time, mostly business philosophy, and I don't. I never, hardly ever read cover to cover. Um, I spend. Uh, I, I try to dedicate time to the family. Uh, not only my wife, but my kids, uh, in both a group and a one-on-one basis. Um, and we have a pretty, pretty good, robust group of friends. So uh, I can flip the switch really easy. Uh, good. What, what's a what's a recent business business philosophy thing that you've read, or something that you've that stuck with you a little bit? I've been reading the Noticer. Don't know that uh, one at all. Which is an interesting one, okay. and it's not it's not really a business philosophy. It's more uh, on, on life philosophy, but you can apply it to business and how you perceive different situations and how you can work through those situations. Um, it's a lot, a lot of what we deal with in, in life and business is perception. Sure. Right? Uh, and, reality. And, and reality. <laughs> and reality. And the reality is, is that we have to have the difficult conversations uh, in, order to, um, in order to really build relationships. And that's a lot the of noticer. Not, yeah. not heard that one a lot. Uh, any, you know, anything else that you would say is kind of a an idea that you've implemented at SVT that's that's either helped with efficiency or speed or new way of looking at things. Something you can point to recently? Yeah. So, so I don't know that it's necessarily recently. This has been. Um, an idea that we've implemented over the course of the last several years. Okay. But we, we really found that with a distributed workforce, that communication was our biggest challenge. Um, so I would survey the team member body, and communication was always the highlighted challenge. Um, and so we, we started a robust uh, town hall, weekly town hall, and then daily huddle program. And it has really helped tremendously with communication so is that town hall audio video to everybody that's distributed video audio video audio and video distributed to and and how many different places offices is that distributed we have two physical offices but we are in uh, about 25 states around where you have people serving customers and and doing installations and things uh and then so so people said communication was it what what they're meaning is they just want to hear more frequently what's going on and mm-hmm. where the company is and all right and is and is the town hall your voice or other people's too who's who's communicating so we we try to change it up so we 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 maintain Great. somewhat of a dynamic forum there but um it's usually department by department 
so they can someone the department can head can choose a champion or they'll do it themselves and it it's um it's it's not just me That's no it's friends. a com- the common it's not the Joshua. i mean the common challenge of i mean we hear even our business right we're in the business of communication and yet what do we need to work on internally our own communication i right i, I know that i know the surveys would 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 say that uh any, and I asked about technology you're watching from a business standpoint, you know, for application for clients. Anything that you, even though you're getting away outdoors, so that's sort of like <laughs> tox, what do you call it, digital detox. But is there is there anything that you're, like an app or a new device or something you're personally sort of playing with or experimenting with? Or? Spotify is my number one app. And the okay. JBL Boombox is my number one friend. So even though you're outdoors, you still bring in some music with you. Absolutely. So that form of audio. Yes. And what kind of stuff are you listening to on Spotify? What's, oh, I listen to everything. So I listen to anything from oldies to, you know, I might even throw some gangster rap on there if I feel like it. But a lot of new country. You know, so for those listening to Josh Shanahan here at SVT, there was music in your tech shop. There was music playing in the, the lobby. You're not, you're not afraid to have music playing in here. I no, think that's, that's a part of me. I yeah, think that's, that's great. Like, uh, keep that that keeps it fun. I and actually one gentleman turned the music down. I noticed when we were in there, and I was thinking, I don't need to do that. No, that's and what I was crank, thinking too. Crank, yeah. crank, crank it up. Uh, what the you know one of the things that we we're saying, you've, the business had some challenges, but mostly it's pride in what's been done and what you're going to do and serving customers and serving clients. So, <laughs> I what what are I mean you mentioned challenges, but uh, call it what keeps you up at night, or I mean, what is what what is something a little a little scarier or a little um, worrisome, I guess? Or you mentioned do it yourself as a threat, but anything else? I'm not trying to be the negative from, from a I'm business an perspective and non you know the non technical side of the business. It's growth capital. Okay. So at my age and at the stage and evolution of not only the company but the industry we're in, it, it's rapid growth right now. It's a market grab. Um, it's the, the biggest guys are kind of the, those guys that are perceivably going to survive. And so, um, it, it's, it, what keeps me up at night is how, how, what's the best source in use for the operating capital that we have? Got it. Um, what are the next hires? Um, what's the next acquisition and to finance those future acquisitions, because um, at its core, your business is people and technology that you have. It is. But when you start dealing with acquisitions and growth that way, then there's some other things you have to be on top of. Yeah. Our versus. secret sauce is our process and the people that deliver it. Great. You know, it's not a, it's not a trademarked recipe, so to speak. Sure. We don't manufacture anything. And that takes a lot of work and staying on top of that. And, and, yeah. and they, so in my business, Jay Chiat, famous agency Chiat Day, he, he said, you know, how big do we get before we get bad? Mm-hmm. And he meant that about his agency, but I think he also sure was prophetic about clients and businesses sometimes that are something special and they want to grow crazily, but then they lose that special sauce or yes. what makes them special. Yeah. So clearly SVT hasn't reached that yet. You're trying to grow and get bigger and better while keeping what makes the place great. So any, you know, any last... Uh, you know, thoughts or, or, you know, this, this conversation, but, um, I just ask questions. You, you, I want to make sure you get across sort of the story of SVT, you know, yesterday, tomorrow, today, anything that we've missed or that you'd like to highlight or 
that you're especially proud of or people should know about? I, I guess, you know, if, if folks from the family business environment are, are part of our listening group today. I mean, this is Generation Excellence. That is kind of the hope of oh, the intended audience. So, Generation Excellence. Well, let me tell you, I, I, um, I believe in the next generation. There's no doubt about it. We invest heavily here. We participate in, um, in a program through our industry called Ignite, uh, which has a specialized internship program That's great. the next generation. And um, we have constructed our facilities to cater to the next generation, our policies. So we have a robust work from home. If there's anything I can say to the next gen listener that they should really, really take into consideration is the fact that you have to work hard and you have to work competitively. We've got some just awesome next-gen um, team team members here, and it's because they differentiate themselves. Um, they differentiate themselves here with their clients and the, and the experience they provide on both sides of the coin. Um, it's 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 this is tough. This is a tough environment. Um, businesses. I, I love that the millennial, the maligned millennials and the Gen Zers that are getting the same labels that those of us who are Gen X and others get put on us are defying that at your operation and that you're, you're excited about what's coming. I'm the same. The, I, it's so exciting to see these people blossom and, and bring new ideas and energy and work ethic and I think we'll, we'll be in good hands. Uh, yes, I, I believe we will. Yeah, it, and um, uh, again, I, I think that if you're a next-gen team member in any business, right, I think if you just, this is very simple, make your supervisor, your boss, the owner of the company, your department head, whomever that might be, make their job easier. That's it. That's, That's what, what we say, right? Make your clients look good, we say. Yeah. Well, that Josh, I mean, you've, we've covered a fair amount of stuff quickly. Uh, and SVT Technology, I, I thank you for hosting me here at Brighton, for, for doing this, for telling your story. And um, we'll look forward to sharing it with both your company and, as I like to say, my tens of listeners. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you. Generation Excellence is hosted by me, Jamie Michelson, with help from SMZers Eric Freiberger, Sam Daly, Eric Head, and Joel Bienenfeld. Thanks also to Randy and his team at Stage 3 Audio. Thank you for listening and please give some of the other episodes a try. One more thing, if you have comments or a suggested future guest, please don't be afraid to contact me.